0: Hey, Happy New Year, everyone. My name is Doug Bridge and I'm the Family Ministries Pastor here at Verde Valley Christian Church. I have the amazing blessing of working with two of the most enjoyable and energetic ministry leaders on the planet, Tani Rice, who lavishes her attention on our children from birth through fifth grade, and Hunter Tibbs, who lovingly challenges our middle and high schoolers. I'm also very semi-retired, which makes for a wonderful season of life for me. I should also say that the reason for this message being in recorded format rather than me sharing with you live is that I'm in seclusion in preparation for surgery this Tuesday. My joint replacement navigator nurse let me know that no power tools and seclusion were necessary to make sure my surgery doesn't get postponed. And may I just tell you that when your joint replacement navigator nurse is your daughter in law, you do exactly as you're instructed. Thanks, Jill. So please let me begin in the same way we begin almost every children's church. Today is the best day of the week. It's that way because we're here, gathered together to worship our Creator, Savior, and Lord. And outside of heaven, I'm not sure it gets much better than this. So if you see the slide that's just come up, it says, what's next? Um, I will need some help with this next part. I'll begin the statement, and when I stop, I need you all to finish it for me. Uh, If you're new here, you can sit back and relax. But if you've been here for three or more weeks, you should have heard this many times already, so I do expect your help. And here it is From wherever you are to where. Nicely done. Great job. Exactly. From wherever you are to where God wants you to be from wherever I am to where God wants me to be. So with the title of What's Next, our subtitle is going to be, Where Does God Want Me to Be? Today we're going to be digging into two verses, 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, to see maybe how to get 2022 started out right and help us see where God wants you and me to be. To help us with these verses, I got some help from our kiddos at Pulse. Why don't you watch this video with me? 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3 through 17. All scriptures, all scripture is God breathed breathes and is useless. useful for teaching, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God, the servant of God, may be thoroughly equipped, thoroughly equipped for every good work, for every good work. So, in this slide, you can see that 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17 says, "All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work." By way of disclaimer. I need to let you know that these two verses will be repeated many, many times today. Consider it my way of helping some of you along in memorizing your first scripture for the new year, which brings us to point number one. Know God, heading to where God wants me to be. Again, as you can see our verse, which is going to be repeated a number of times, all scripture is God-breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This teaching is translated a number of different ways in a number of different translations. In the New Living Translation, in the New International Re- uh, Reader's Version, it says, teach us what is true. In the Geneva Bible, it says, teaching the truth. In the King James Version, It's translated doctrine. And in a number of other versions, um, too many to, to speak through its teaching. God's word tells us of God's great love for each of us, the story of salvation and how we might be in relationship again with him. Interestingly, not accepting God's plan for your life through Jesus doesn't make you bad. It makes you dead. Conversely, Accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior doesn't make you good, it makes you alive. God's word not only tells us of God's great plan of salvation, but also his desire that, once in relationship with him again, through Jesus, that we live an abundant life. This abundant life comes through time in reading, in studying, memorizing, and meditating on his word, And getting to know him and his plan for each day of my life so that we may follow him closer and closer each day a life heading to where god wants me to be which brings us to point number two know when i'm not heading to where god wants me to be emphasis on not again our scripture From 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. First, all scripture is useful for teaching and now also for rebuking. Rebuking. Understanding how to recognize when we're not heading where God wants us to be is huge. We can only know the depth of the kind of relationship with God that he wants for us when we're living obedient to his will. The Bible has many descriptions of what our lives should not be like when I am not heading to where God wants me to be. This would probably be a great place for me to insert what I'm currently referring to lately as my rant. I'm going to mention some words or phrases now And I'm telling you this because I want you to recognize that I am not speaking about these words or phrases. I am only mentioning them. I am aware that many of you will feel uncomfortable or even possibly upset when merely hearing these words or phrases. I'm also aware that in this room and online, there are very significant differences in opinions associated with these words or phrases. Often strongly held opinions And I mean strongly. With all of these disclaimers, I'm going to mention them now. Are you ready? Here they are in no particular order. COVID-19, immunizations, mandates, masks, BLM, defund, hate, crime, cancel culture, isolation, immigration, quarantine, elections, conspiracy, CDC, W-H-O, CRT curriculum, contagious. So those are the words, the phrases. So here is my rant. To begin, I believe we're in the midst of something, the likes of which are like nothing we have seen in our lifetime. First, if each person who claims salvation through Jesus Christ, you know, actual Christians, would consider the amount of time they spend reading, watching, listening to, speaking with others about the topics we just shared, and then weigh in the passion they expend on these same topics, we have our baseline. Next, compare this time and passion dedicated to opinions and conversations about these topics with the amount of time and passion dedicated to following growing, maturing, and sharing with others this Jesus Christ who saved us. I believe, and this is only my opinion, that if believers were to take the time and passion they expend on hot-button topics and instead spend it on reaching a lost world for Jesus and growing in his grace, mercy, love, and forgiveness, then Christians, as stated in Philippians 2.15, would shine like stars in the dark world And there could possibly be a revival, the likes of which are like nothing we have seen in our lifetime. My point here is not that we shouldn't be informed or that we shouldn't have opinions. But wherever we get our information and whatever our conclusions and opinions might be, we need to remember that we are to love God wholeheartedly and do first things first. Or how about simply following Philippians 4.8. This is from the message version. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Please know that I'm speaking to myself here, too. Way too recently, I spoke harshly to a long-time dear friend. I heard him. I thank God for a friend who knows and sees my faults and chooses to forgive and love me anyway. Which brings us to point number three. Know how to return to heading to where God wants me to be. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. First, all scripture is useful for teaching, then rebuking, and now also for correcting. Correcting. When I am not heading to where God wants me to be, what's next? I love God's word. The clearness of 1 John 1, 9 tells us so well what to do. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now let's look in the International Children's Bible. But if we confess our sins, he will forgive our sins. We can trust God. He does what is right. He will make us clean from all the wrongs we have done. But finally, here in the JP Phillips translation, but if we freely admit that we have sinned, we find God utterly reliable and straightforward. He forgives our sins and makes us thoroughly clean from all that is evil. Point number four know how to continue heading where God wants me to be. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Have you got it memorized yet? First, all scripture is useful for teaching, then rebuking, then correcting, and now, also for training in righteousness. What is righteousness? The dictionary says righteousness is the quality of being morally right or justifiable. The Bible says righteousness is acting in accord with God's divine or moral law, so being free from guilt or sin. This is only possible by salvation through Jesus Christ and having his righteousness. Which brings us to Micah 6, 8. The Lord has told you what is good, And this is what he requires of you. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. To do what is right. Not what is easy or popular. But spending time daily in God's word and talking with him. Spending time daily in God's word and talking with him are not usually convenient. Ask the Holy Spirit what your next move is. Opinions and principles can be stood up for, but not at the expense of hurting others. Which brings us to love mercy, mercy and grace. Grace is getting what I don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what I do deserve. Bitter arguments and one-sided arguments are commonplace today. It's bad enough when strangers engage in these hurtful exchanges. But longtime friendships are being damaged and sometimes ended. Even families are not immune. Even followers of Jesus are not immune. The Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. Humility doesn't always make a problem go away, but it will usually ensure that you are not the problem. So here's the thing. We all have a lot of opinions about a lot of things but it's a lot more effective to bring people God's love than our opinions. 1 Corinthians 8, 1 says, while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. And now point five, know what where God wants me to be looks like. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. First, all scripture is useful for teaching, then rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, and now, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Another simple way of saying point five is to know your purpose. The two key words that help us see this in these verses are so that, or the purpose. Interestingly, while knowing God and knowing how to navigate points one through four requires knowledge of who God is and what his word says to us, the main purpose of all of this is not the knowledge alone. This knowledge is only a means to fulfill our purpose, being thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's purpose for our lives is not only to increase knowledge but to change our lives to be equipped to serve God. And God does not ask us to do all of this on our own. On the contrary, he tells us to ask for his help, his direction, his will. And Jesus promised to never leave us or forsake us. So if a relationship with Jesus sounds like the best way to begin 2022 in your life, I agree. God wants to change our lives for the better. There will be people here to the left of the stage to help you take this step. If you already have a relationship with Christ, but would like prayer in taking your next step according to God's plan, rather than the ones you've been taking, please come and pray. Again, to put it simply, let's look to scripture for some direction. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Mostly, these words are not descriptive of our current society or culture, but they should be descriptive of us, followers of Jesus Christ. Contagious is a word that has become part of our everyday conversations. Let me share a great way this word might help each of us today. Here's a quote from Chuck Swindoll. Pastor Swindoll once said, spread germs of cheer, joy becomes contagious. Let's pray. Father, would you be with us as we leave this place today? For those who don't know you, that this year would be the time that they get to know you, that today is the day of salvation. Father, that they would recognize your call in their lives to join your family. And Father, for those of us who already know you as Father, who are already part of your family, God, would you allow us to be more like your son, Jesus Christ? Would you give us the strength, the courage, the desire to focus on the things that you tell us to focus on, to grow in you to have as evidence in our lives, the fruit of the Spirit. Father, we've just celebrated a great Christmas season. Would you help us celebrate a great 2022 with your love and your joy? And we ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen.